Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Have you ever said these words or had them said to you? Are you listening to me? <laughs> I should say that right now, huh? Are you listening to me? I've said those words. I've had them said to me. Um, maybe it's it's one of these situations where someone's having a conversation and this is going on. You're listening to them, but you're doing something else with your phone. And they say, are you listening to what I'm saying? <laughs> I remember when I was in uh, college, Andrew and I were dating, and we we did uh, instant messenger, uh, AOL. There was no cell phones, and um, we emailed and we would uh, we would do this instant messenger thing, you know, you having a conversation back and forth. You know, it's like text messaging on a computer. Anyways, um, I, my friends would come in the room and they would, I, I'd be talking with her and they would make fun of me because they would have a conversation with me, tell me things, and I I didn't hear a thing that they said. They would try to communicate information to me, and I I heard them, but I, I didn't hear them. <laughs> That's that's the deal in our culture, I think, right? There's a lot of information. There's tons of information. We can we have access to more information at this time in history probably than at any other time that we can get it so quickly. And yet so much that we see, we read, we hear, we listen to it. it, it we hear it, but we don't really hear it. And that's really what I think Jesus is, is going to encourage us towards here in, in Luke 8 specifically in verses 16 through 21. And it's just this encouragement. I think this is what Jesus would say to us this morning because it's what he says here. He says, take care how you listen. Take care how you listen. Think about how you hear and specifically how you hear the word of God. Again, so often we hear so many things and even we hear the word. We have it proclaimed to us in so many different ways. You can download a sermon for every hour of the day if you wanted to. We read the Word. There's so many books, so many studies that we can do. And yet, do we hear the Word? What Do we really listen? Jesus says, take care how you listen, because you might be hearing and not hearing. That's the point of this passage. And I think the key to understanding verses 16 through 21, which is what we're going to focus on, is to make sure that we don't isolate it, but that we connect it to what we've studied last week, specifically to the parable of the sower and the seeds and the soils. Because if you look at your at your Bible there in, in Luke 8, beginning in verse 10, it begins quotation marks where Jesus is talking, and he does not stop speaking until verse 18. And so we stopped at... At verse 15, last week, with the explanation of the parable of the of the seeds and the and the sower and the soils, but verses 16 through 18 are connected to that explanation. That this is this is a further explanation of what's going on here. And the key word, the if you want to think about an, a needle and thread that traces through and connects all this together, even down to verse 21, the thing that connects it all is this word "hear," hearing. That's the thing that's going to connect it all. So we're going to read through it right now, Luke 8. Verses. Uh, I'm going to go back to verse four. We we won't. St- we'll focus on sixteen through twenty one. But as we read through it, just take note of this idea of hearing, and I'll try to emphasize it as I read it. Luke eight, beginning in verse four. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to Jesus, he said in a parable, "A sower went out to sow his seed." 
And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And, and some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And he said, as he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root, and they believe for a while, and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care, then. Take care, then, how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Take care how you listen. It's the big idea I think we're really going to see that's the, the key to understanding all of this. But as we think about that, if, did you notice the word here? I mean, it, you have to be blind to miss it. It's all over the place in this passage. So let's think about it here. It begins in, in verse 8, where Jesus gives the parable, and then what does he say? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, of course, everyone that was there who had physical ears heard the parable. So what Jesus is saying is that there's a way to hear the parable and not hear it. There's a way to hear it with our ears, but it, not hear it with our heart, to, to not understand it. As well as a way to hear it and to truly hear it and to truly understand. He drills down on this idea again in verse 10 when he's talking to the disciples and explaining why he speaks in parables. He says, To you it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Again, same idea. Hearing they may not hear. They, they hear it, but they don't really hear it. We said this last week about parables, that, that parables reveal and conceal. They do both at the same time. For those who have ears to heal, Here, it it brings out the truth. It reveals the truth in in an exciting and and memorable and and poignant way. But for those who don't have ears, they conceal the truth. They say, why is he talking about seeds and soils? What does this have to do with anything? Because 
they hear it, but they don't hear it. And so the parables have this two-pronged purpose. They, they, they reveal and they conceal. And that's why Jesus speaks in this way. Then we look at the soils, verses 12 through 15. And we said that last week, what do all the soils have in common? Every single one of them hears. They all hear the word. That's the key in, in 12, 13, 14, 15. You see that. All the soils hear the word. We saw that these are, these are hearts. And each heart hears the word. But the response to the word is different in each. Not every heart truly hears the word. Why? Because there's enemies. There's enemies that keep that seed from growing down and from, from latching on and from, from really bearing fruit, which is the ultimate goal of this desire to bear fruit. What are the enemies? We said real simply, it's the world, the flesh, and the devil, right? That, that, that three-pronged set of enemies that comes at us. The devil comes and, and eats up the seed of the word so that it doesn't plant down, it doesn't produce any fruit. The, the other one, it's, 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 uh, the the flesh so they respond with joy but there's no deep roots because of trials or because of temptations or or because of just a love for sin or because there's too much sin this this, this the, the the roots don't go down so it's the devil the flesh and then and then the world the cares of the world a desire for riches that it, that ends up wrapping around and choking out the sprout these enemies keep the word keep people from truly Hearing, they hear, but they don't hear because of these enemies. But then there's that good soil, right? The honest, good heart. It lets the word go down deep and the word produces fruit. Alright, so we're recapping, right? This is all hopefully somewhat review, remembering things. Verse 8, there's a way to hear and not hear. There's a way to hear and truly hear. Verse 10, there's a way to hear and not understand. And that's why Jesus teaches in parables. Verses 12 through 15, the, the soil of our hearts determines how we hear, whether or not we're going to produce fruit, whether we will produce fruit, or, or whether we hear it and it bears no fruit in our lives. And so verse 18 is going to come like a hammer and say, be careful how you hear. But before we get to verse 18, we have to look at verses 16 and 17. And, and in verse 16, Jesus switches uh, illustrations. He switches parables, right? He goes from seeds and soils to, to lamps and light. And he says, no one lights a, a lamp uh, and then puts a jar over the top of it. And no one lights a, a, a lantern and sticks it underneath their bed. But they take that and they would they would hang it up so that the light would, would fill the, the whole room. Meaning the purpose of the lantern is what? To, to light things up, to light the room. And so if you put it under a bed, that's not the purpose of, of the lamp, of the lantern. We have a Ceiling fan, like probably a lot of you do. A ceiling fan light fixture above our table. Imagine if we took that, we disconnected it from the ceiling, and we put it underneath the table and sort of mounted it under the table. Now, first of all, it would be extremely dangerous, especially if you turned the fan on, right? And you were sitting there. But also, what's the what's the purpose of that? The, the light would, you know, it'd be like some sort of, you know, one of those cars with ground effects, except there'd be a table, you know. <laughs> There's no point. Why? The, the purpose of the ceiling fan with the lights is to light up the room. And so it's foolishness to put it underneath the table. And that's the point here. He says, the lantern is meant to light up the room. So what is the light here? I think that the light, if I'm going to say what the light is in the parable, the light is the same as the seed. And what is the seed? The seed is the word of God. 
The light is the word of God. It's the truth of the gospel. It's the whole counsel of God. It's it's verse 1 of this. Remember verse 1? Jesus was proclaiming and bringing what? The good news of the kingdom of God. That's what that's what the light is. It's the good news of the kingdom of God. It's that same message that he gave to the sinful woman in chapter 7 of forgiveness of sins, of salvation, of peace with God. The light is the truth that though we are sinners, Jesus has come to be the Savior of the world. The light is that though the world is, though our hearts are dark, Jesus has come as a light to shine and to reveal our sin so that we would turn in repentance and faith. He doesn't come to say, here's all the things you need to do to be saved. He comes with the good news of the gospel of the kingdom that he says, I will adopt you as my children. I will make you my children. Children of the king if you will turn in repentance and faith and believe the gospel. So the, the light is this, this good news of the kingdom, that all people are to come, repent of their sins, believe in Jesus alone for salvation. So the truth of God, the, the light, what's the point? Is not to be hidden. If the light is like a lantern, it's to be raised up. It's not to be put underneath the bed. It's not to have a jar put over it. The truth of the gospel, the light of God's word, is to be lifted up for everyone to see. It's the song. You remember the song? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You remember that part? Hide it under a bushel, whatever a bushel is. And what's the response? No, no way. That's not, the light is supposed to shine. Why would you put it under a bushel? That's, that's Jesus' point. The light is supposed to shine. Okay? And so, why would you do that? So, he's saying, the light is the word of God, and the word of God is meant to illumine. Don't hide it underneath a bed or under a jar. Lift it up so that it brings light and people can see the light. So here's my question. Why is Jesus speaking in parables? Is he not taking his own advice? Because didn't he just say, I'm speaking in parables so that hearing they may not hear and seeing they may not see? Isn't that strange? I think the first thing we have to say is, Jesus is God. Um, I think that's a proper response. Jesus knows what he's doing. Jesus is, he, he's come, uh, he is the Messiah, there's this unique period of time where he is speaking the way that he is for the reason that he is. But secondly, I would say, I don't think Jesus is really hiding the truth, is he? I mean, he's boldly proclaiming what the truth is, but rather, what he's doing is, as he casts out the seed of the word, as he casts out the seed of the truth of the good news of the kingdom of God, it falls on hearts, and what does it do? It reveals the true nature of the hearts of all the people. It shines as a light. The light exposes the hearts of men. That's verse 17, right? Nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. If the light is the truth of God's word, then what he's saying here is that when the light shines, it will it will reveal everything that is hidden. If anything is secret, it will come to to light, the hearts of men will be exposed by the word. They will, when the word comes to bear on someone's heart, it shows forth what kind of soil they are, what kind of heart they are. Darkness conceals. When I was a kid, if you played hide and go seek, you wanted to either play at night or in the basement with all the lights turned off, right? Why? Because darkness conceals. The worst thing that can happen is when you're playing hide and go seek, you've got a great hiding spot and someone comes in and turns the light on. Because the light exposes everything that's hidden, everything that's secret. And that's what the light is supposed to do. It's a, it's a good thing here. It's a bad thing in hide-and-go-seek and things like that. But it's it's good here. So 
the light exposes the dark. It exposes the hearts. And so Jesus comes, and he comes as the light of the world, and he reveals the hearts of all men. You remember John the Baptist? What did John the Baptist say Jesus would be? He said he would be, um, he would come as, um, he would thresh out the wheat, that he would separate the wheat from the chaff. And in some ways it seems like he's not doing that. But another way he is, that he is separating the hearts of men. Jesus is the word incarnate. Jesus is the light of the world. And he shines forth in this blazing brightness of the truth of the gospel. He shines it into our hearts. And that shining is is a judgment on the hearts of all people. Listen to these words from John 3. John 3, 19. Quickly after John 3, 16. It says, and this is the judgment. What's the judgment? That the light has come into the world. The light is Jesus. It's the truth about who Jesus is. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light. Why? Lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. What does the light do? It exposes our hearts. And so we say, I don't want to go to the light because then I'm going to see how all the darkness that's in me. And so Jesus shines as this light and he reveals all the darkness. There's a judgment that, that is coming when Jesus returns and he will return with, with blinding light and he will reveal the hearts of all men and he will deal with sin. But there is a judgment that happens right now. There's a judgment that's going on right now, in this in this very moment. Why? Because the word is being proclaimed. The word is being scattered out, and it's landing in everyone's heart. And your ears are hearing it. And the question is, do you hear it? Because if you don't, if you if you hear it, but you don't hear it, then the word is a judgment on our hearts. If the light shines forth, and all you want to do is hide from it, then it's a judgment on our hearts. It's a scary thing to, to proclaim the word. The word, Hebrews 4.12, it's this sword, right? It's this sword that cuts us open. It lays us bare. It cuts down to joints and marrow. And whoever we are today, it's we can't remain neutral. What did Paul say he was? He says, we, we smell like different things to different people. When we proclaim the truth of the gospel, he says, for some, we are the stench of death. When I proclaim the truth... It, it falls on their hearts, and it is death to them. But for others, it is the smell of life. And so God, when 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 the word goes forth, he, he rip, rips open our chest, as it were, spiritually. And with the scalpel of the world, he let, word, he lets us know the condition of our hearts. This is how powerful the word is. This is why we center on the word. This is why we say you should... Read the word because the word exposes. It's powerful. It, it's it reveals who we are. And so now, in light of all this, okay, in light of everything that we've been saying, in light of the truth that not all who hear the word hear the word, in light of the truth that not every heart is good soil, but that the world, the flesh, and the devil are seeking to to squelch out and to kill the word. In light of the truth that when God's word is proclaimed, it, it shines like a spotlight into our hearts, it reveals the hidden nature of who we are, reveals how we have responded to the truth. In light of all of this, Jesus says, verse 18, take care then how you hear. Pay attention. 
Pay attention to how you hear the word. Consider carefully how you hear. Think about what happens when God's word falls into the soil of your heart. How do you respond when the word of God shines into your heart? It reveals something about who we are. When the word is proclaimed, what is our response? I think there's, there's, there's two groups of people. There's, there's those who have bowed the knee to Christ the Savior and those who have not. And so the word goes forth to this group that, that have not bowed the knee to Christ. And it falls on the heart, the soil of your heart. And it may be rocky soil. It may be that, that Satan wants to come in and steal it. It may be that, that the cares of the world are going to choke it out. The, the, the truth of the gospel about what Jesus has done falls into your heart. And Satan wants to eat it up. Or trials and temptation push it out so that it doesn't, it's not going to produce any fruit. Or, or it falls in there and, and right now I'm talking and you're thinking about what you're eating for lunch. You, you're thinking about something at work. You're thinking about something totally different. And that is the cares of the world are choking it out. It's not sinking down deep. But Jesus says that out of the good soil of a person's heart they produce good fruit, that, that Jesus will come and he will give you a new heart. He'll remove the heart of stone from your life and give you a heart of flesh so that the seed will go down deep and, and go up and, and, and bear fruit. And that's, that's, what's amazing is that that is happening right now in hearts as the word goes out. So those are those that have not bowed the knee to Christ. But then there's those that, that have. And the word does the exact same thing for us. It goes out and it falls on our hearts. And, and something's happening as the word comes out. That right now, Satan maybe is 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 he's a deceiver, and he's saying none of this is true. Do you even really believe that I exist? The the deception is there, and Satan seeks to grab it. Or temptation, sin, trials, that the, the hard things that you're going through right now, it's choking out the word. You you can't even hear what I'm saying. Or or the the sin from this week, it's 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 keeping the word from from blossoming in your life and from producing fruit. Or the cares of the world, same thing. What am I going to eat for lunch? What's going on at work? What are my friends thinking right now? Those cares of the world, the, the riches and the pleasures, they're, they're choking it all out. And so Jesus says, in light of all of this, take care how you listen. You have to. Li- we have to work hard to listen to the word, to let it come down and produce any kind of fruit in our life. What does it look like? To, to listen well. I think part of it is to see these enemies and to, to recognize them, to, to resist the devil. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. To recognize that, it, that that's there. When I read the word, when I hear the word proclaimed, that, that Satan wants to snatch it out of my heart. To flee temptation, to, to, to confess sins regularly, and to, to not have that weighing us down. That we would see the temptations that face us. That, that we would disc- decrease distractions in our lives. That there are so many distractions that, that want to choke out the word. I mean, something simple like you, maybe, and I'm not not pointing any fingers. I promise. Maybe you use your phone on Sunday mornings to to read to to look at the word, and it it's just a distraction though, because you want to flip over at something else. Or maybe you use the word the, the the phone. It's convenient to your to do your devotions or something, but it's a distraction. That very well could be one of the distractions in your life. Or, or there's so many things that, that keep us from, from truly hearing. We love things more than we love the Word. Now, I said last week, I have to read my Bible first thing in the morning. If I don't do it first thing in the morning, I start thinking about everything else. 
I start thinking about all the things that are coming, all the things that I need to do. I have to get up before my kids get up or else they tell me all the things that I need to be thinking about. I, you, you're not thinking about the cereal that I need right now. There's all these distractions. And so we have to, to take care how you hear. Do we take care how we come to church? Do we, do we take care about the, the mindset that we come here with? Uh, about, you know, I, I don't ever touch, I'm, I, I don't touch this with a 10 foot pole, ever. But you know, if we come late, are we prepared to hear the word? Are we ready for that? Um, if we stay up late the night before and we, we come and we're tired, we're falling asleep because we haven't prepared ourselves to hear the word. Do we come with, with our hearts prepared? I, I love our order of worship because we deal with things like confession of sin. Let's let's focus in on that moment. That's not just a, you know, so many times we have this order of service and it becomes, all right, time for the confession of sins and the reading of scripture. The purpose of that is to prepare our hearts for the word. That we would, that we would focus in and say, is there anything that's going to keep me from hearing the word this moment? Whether it's spoken from the, from the pulpit by Andy or whether it's spoken from anyone else here. Am, am, is my heart pure and ready to hear this? What are the distractions that are, that are facing me? We've got to recognize these things. This is an encouragement. Take care. How you hear. I listened to a sermon on this this week and I was so convicted myself. How prepared am I to hear God's word? How distracted am I sometimes? The other thing that happens, you know what? What's, what's the key in, in the good soil? They hear it and they hold it fast and they bear fruit how? With patience. John and I were praying this morning and I just said, you know, it's not, if I check everything off, I read my four parts for reading through the Bible. If I check it all off, and then I go off and I don't think about it anymore. It hasn't sunk down deep. I just start thinking about everything else. Do we allow the word to sink down into our hearts and to change us? Take care how you listen. So many other practical things we could say. Um, we've got small group at our house on Tuesday, and we'll be hashing some of those out probably. So all are invited. <laughs> But I think not only is this a message that we need to take to heart, but it's one that we that we proclaim. What did we say in verse 16? No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it on a stand or, or, or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. I think what Jesus is saying is if you are good soil, if it's bearing fruit in your life, if you have received the light of the word, then it is your responsibility to proclaim that light to those that are still in darkness. You can't hide it. You have to tell others. That is that is the responsibility that we have. And it's it's a heavy thing. Because the proclamation of the word is judgment. Those who hear and do not hear, it is judgment. Listen to these words from 2 Corinthians 4. Paul writes, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, this ministry of proclamation, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. In other words, we don't use gimmicks. We're just proclaiming God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. He says we, we commend the truth to everyone's conscience. We bring it to bear on their lives. And then he says this, And even if our gospel is veiled, meaning it's, it's, it's hidden, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. 
For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So Paul says, we proclaim God's word. We commend ourselves to everyone's conscience. And if it goes out and they don't see it, it's because God has blinded their eyes. But we have the responsibility to say it. And we're not commending ourselves, and so they're not rejecting us. They're rejecting Christ. Similar, Matthew 10, Jesus is preparing the disciples to go out and to proclaim the light, to proclaim the truth, to scatter the seed of the gospel of the kingdom of God. And as he goes, he tells them, some people are going to hear and some people aren't. Some are going to invite you into their home and others are going to reject you. And if they reject you, you walk out, you shake the dust off your feet, and you go to the next town. He says, persecution is inevitable. And then he gives them this encouragement, Matthew 10, 26-28. So, have no fear of them. And then this, this should sound familiar from our passage. For nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. When you go out, it's going to reveal something. It's going to reveal the hearts of all people. And then he says this, what I tell you in the dark, which I might even say, what I tell you in parables, what I make a little bit hard to understand, what I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops, and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So Jesus sends his disciples out with this encouragement. He says, go, and as you speak, you will reveal the hearts of all men. You will shine forth the light, and it will reveal what kind of soil they are. It will reveal who they are, and what I'm saying in the dark, what I'm whispering a little bit, shout it from the housetops. You ha- we have to hold the light forth. We can't hide it. We can't put it under a bed. We can't keep it here. It- it's got to go to the ends of the earth. We-, we are so scared, I think, but he says, don't fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. This is a heavy thing. It's a heavy thing to go to the world, to go to the neighborhood and say, this is the truth. And if you don't receive it, then it means your heart is hard. If you don't receive it, it means you're in the dark. If you don't receive it, it means that your heart is veiled. But that is what we're called to do. We proclaim the light. We shine the light forth. Because how people respond to the word, how people listen, how we listen reveals our status in God's family. That's the the last, I think, hard word that he says here in verses 19 through 21. His mother and his brothers come and they can't get to him because the crowd is so big. And so people come to him and they say, your mother and your brothers are trying to get to you. They want to see you. Now, I don't think in this moment Jesus is saying anything negative about his mother and brothers. There are times, um, you know, where, where they're coming to kind of, Jesus, it seems like you've gone off the deep end a little bit. We want to rein you in. I think that there's times, I don't see that here. I think Jesus just seizes this opportunity. Jesus says, people that are closer to you, your mother and your brothers, and they want to see you, and so you need to, to go and see them. And he says, let me tell you who my mother and brothers are. Let me to you, tell you, who makes up the family of God? Who is in the family of God? He says, it's those who hear the word. Is that it? It's those who hear the word of God and do it. It's those who bear fruit. There are people who hear the word of God and do nothing with it. So often that's who we are. 
we hear the word of God, and it, it sounds great. We're like we're like the the people in um, uh, in Nazareth. It, the, his words were lovely to them, but when the gospel really came to bear on their hearts, they rejected him completely. And and so we hear it, and we say, "This sounds so good. I, I really like what what we we heard preached this morning. I really enjoyed what I read this morning." But but we don't do anything about it. We we're not changed by the word. Those who are truly part of God's family are those who hear the word of God and do it. He keeps emphasizing this, doesn't he? What's the good soil? It's the one who hears the word and produces fruit. In in the end, what's the difference between the man who builds his house on the rock and the man who builds his house on the sand? They both hear the word. The man who builds his house on the rock is the one who does what it says. So if we are truly God's children, we saw this in, in our reading in 1 John 2, if we are God's children, we will walk in the light. We will do what the Word says. So, here's the encouragement from Jesus. Be careful how you hear. What does the Word do when it comes into your life? Is it bearing fruit, or is it just sitting there? And it sits there for a while. Maybe it springs up, and then it gets choked out by the cares of the world. It springs up, and then trials and temptations come and kill it. It doesn't even get a chance to spring up, because Satan comes and eats it away. Or does it go down and bear fruit? Do you allow the word to shine the light into our hearts? Be careful how you hear. Pay attention to how you hear. Take care how you hear. Because if we are truly God's children, we will hear the word of God and we will do it. I pray that we are people who who start at the first place and listen to God's word. Not just in this context, but that, that we are reading the Word and we are allowing it to sink down. And we are taking the time to meditate, to pray, to ask God to, to bear fruit in our lives, that we would allow the light of the Word to shine into us. And so I think it's a simple but a profound encouragement and challenge to take care how we hear. And then it's this challenge to take the light of the world and, and to shine it. We don't know what it might expose. It might be that, that we shine the light forth and people's hearts are veiled and they don't see it. Or it could be that we shine it forth, that we spread the seed and it finds some good soil. People hear the word, they hold it fast. And it bears fruit. We don't know. But no one has their lamp lit and then hides it. That's not what it's for. So if you have had ears to hear and you have been changed, then we now have a responsibility to hold the light high, to shine the light wherever we can, in whatever circumstance we have, to bring the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, to bear on people's lives and let God deal with the hearts that are there.